0: Welcome to the Three Tomatoes Happy Hour. And we do love happy hour and the clinking of glasses and cheers to all you fabulous women who are fully living your lives at every age and every stage. And here's the best news. Every hour is happy hour. So whether you clink cheers with your coffee mug or your afternoon cappuccino, remember, as the song says, it's 5 o'clock somewhere. Join us for some grown-up fun, interesting, and stimulating conversations that will motivate, inspire, or just make you laugh. And for more grown-up fun, visit our website, The Three Tomatoes, and the three is spelled out, and sign up for our newsletters. Now sit back and relax and enjoy the episode.
1: Welcome back to The Three Tomatoes Happy Hour podcast. I'm Kim Selby, the San Francisco editor of The Three Tomatoes newsletter, and your host for a very special episode. My guest today is Reagan Pasternak. Reagan is a well-known actress, animal lover, and now an author. Her career really took off right after college when she landed a lead in the Disney series in a heartbeat. Since then, she has starred in numerous TV shows and films, including MTV's Jailbait, Hallmark, my favorite, mm-hmm. A Christmas Visitor, <laughs> Welcome to Mooseport, CSI Las Vegas, Girl Meets World, Masters of Sex, and the critically acclaimed dramedy series being Erica. Mm -hmm. She's really cool. And the reason we're here to talk to her today is because she has just released her first book called Griffin's Heart, Mourning Your Pet with No Apologies. It's part memoir and part interactive guide, and it is poignant and perfect. And I loved it. Thank you so much, Reagan, for being here.
0: Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Oh my goodness. This book
1: touched my soul because I, we, my family had two dogs for a total of 16 years and our last pup died three and a half years ago. And I have not, I have not gotten over it and not gotten ready to get a new doggy. But your book has really awakened something in me and sparked a new interest in perhaps it's okay to get another dog Mm -hmm. but let's talk about griffin and what prompted
0: you to write this soulful book um um just even you saying this i'm gonna first start and just let you know that i've just started doing some press for this book so it's all all the feedback is is just overwhelming to me. So I apologize if I get emotional too, because it's, I haven't gotten to share with too many people. So um, I wrote this book. Um, I've always been a huge, huge animal lover. I grew up with animals, dogs and cats and everything. And um, then, you know, my first adult pet that was my own when he died and he was only seven and a half, his name was Griffin. And um, he, we found out he had heart disease and he died. And I, was completely a mess. I mean, I was, I was a mess and I genuinely physically felt that my heart was broken. I felt completely broken and, um, I couldn't get over it. There's (laughs) no other way to say it. I just couldn't get, I was going on with life and I was, you know, going through the motions and my heart hurt for literally hurt. And, um, I remember I was uh, at my husband's, my my in-laws now, they're my in-laws' uh, house in New Mexico, and we were in the casita, and I was like, when is this going to go and I just got the idea that I had been looking and searching for some sort of resource to be like, get over this. You've got to get through this, and um, I really... I really got a big feeling that I just I needed to start writing about it and um, I felt very alone even like the most wonderful friends I had didn't seem to quite get it and I felt embarrassed talking about um, how painful it was to especially friends who'd just gone through human losses and and um, I certainly hadn't had some easy breezy you know childhood or life or anything like that but I I um, I didn't I felt uncomfortable still comparing um, my loss to the loss of a human so um, yeah it was it was a kind of a snowball effect and then you know I I ended up seeing a therapist because I got such bad insomnia and the therapist um, was the first person who directly addressed the fact because i was telling her all about my past and my life and my whatever but i was like come on just give me pills i need to sleep but that's all i i just want to sleep and um she she was she was pretty amazing actually and just um didn't want my bs and just wanted to and figured out that it was it was that i hadn't mourned my cat because i didn't feel like it was um it, that it was a valid loss and um she she really, she really took me through that and um, made me feel like I could mourn him. And um, yeah, and then I just started writing and writing and writing and writing, and then I would stop. Now I'm just talking a mile a minute. Stop, stop, stop me anytime. No, no, it's okay
1: because <laughs> what I sense is that the therapist you saw gave you permission to grieve.
0: Exactly. That's exactly what it was. It was yeah, permission You Yeah, need, you needed then- someone to say, it's okay. Your feelings are valid hmm And then not only, not only did I figure out that they were valid, but I figured out that they were so helpful in every part of my life. It's, it's, you know, we, we, we just, we have to keep going in life, you know, things happen and, you know, hurt us or we have, you know, wins and losses and, um, we don't have time to think about them. And to me, when I realized I was like, my Griffin deserved to be thanked and remembered and cared about and and um you know we have for for humans we have we have funerals and we have you know i i i, I lost my mom last year Whew. and uh it's tough it's really really tough so but um so i i get i get that there's almost no you know there's no such thing as closure but at least we do ceremonies and have memorials and do those things for humans but we don't we don't we don't do that for for animals, really often. And right. so, um yeah, I was just, I just, I started really realizing how beautiful it is. You know, life is, life is, has ups and downs. And if you explore them, you really do learn. And it sounds so cliche, but you do, you really learn. And, and, um, um, I don't know, changing bad memories to good memories and starting, you just, you just, you open your brain and it's, and you open your heart and your soul and it just feels good. Has, writing this book, well, I had two
1: questions and then you told me your mom passed and I was like, oh, I have another question. But Uh when you started writing, did you have any prompts or did you just start journaling your feelings? Was anybody able to assist you on this journey or
0: how did you get started writing it? I started writing about, um, about the, the journey of, um, my finding the therapist and I tried to make it humorous. I introduced who Griffin is and I tried and, and, um, then I started writing about the experience of the, with the therapist. And then what kept happening was life gets busy. And I kept putting it down going like, oh, I shouldn't write a book. I, I don't need to write. I'm, I'm who am I to write a book? And then I just kept putting it down and, and um going, I don't know where to go from here. And then I would just write little parts in it. I, I journal. I'm a maniac journaler. So, um, but uh, and it just I kept writing little things as as even in years this took me years to write this <laughs> book and then finally one day I think it's it was two years ago my husband came out of our bedroom into the living room and he just looked at me he was tired he would just come back come from a, a, a an Amazon meeting because he's a he's actually a market he's a marketer he's an online marketing company he just looked at me he goes you need to finish that book he goes you need to finish that book it is so true to who you are you have got to stop. And, and then we just started talking about it. And by that time I had read, I read, like, I, I'm such a chronic reader. I, I read everything on the bestseller list. I'm on audible all the time. I'm buying books. It's that's my, my, um, addiction, I guess. And, um, and, uh, by that time I'd had so many amazing ideas in my head from other beautiful authors. And I just thought I can, I know that those were the things that helped me heal. So I, I thought, why can't I? incorporate all of those things into a book and i and i did
1: (laughs) yes you did you you were clearly called to do this it was of vast importance and so needed
0: and i've
1: oh no but i've never seen anything devoted to this now i have sent cards to people who have lost their soul pets because i do know how that feels but I just want to backtrack for a second. Yeah. And I'm sorry about the loss of your mother. I've lost both my parents. I <sighs> do understand how that is.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: How was the book able to assist you in dealing with, or is it still helping you deal with the loss of your
0: mother? Oh, God. You know, listen, my my mom is a whole other podcast, to be honest. But I, um, she's been sick my whole, she was sick my whole life. Oh. and um, And so what was interesting was um, near the end of her life that lat the last few months, I actually sat and I read Griffin's heart to her and she was the first person who heard any of it, any of it. And this was, you know, this was just before she died last year. And I, and she was, um, my biggest fan. Ooh, I've never said this out loud, (laughs) but, um, it, it, it really was the most, um, it was the most amazing thing, and and the irony that I was about to put out this book after while I was going through that, which was I I didn't ever expect I had no idea what it would be so huge to lose her, um, but um, you know so so it was it was amazing, and the truth is I have to keep checking myself, going hey listen you're the one who's saying all these things work you go do those things now. You know, I can't, I want to, I want to walk the walk, you know? And so, um, yeah, so I, I, I really do check myself. Like I'll, I'll see myself going into a bit of a spiral and, you know, her birthday's coming up and I'm like, explore that girl. Don't tell people to do it if you're not going to do it. And so I do. And you know what it, it, it'll feel bad for like a, a couple seconds and then it's released. It really is. It really is the way it works. It's the way out is through. And I say that 5 million times in that book. Apologies to anybody who gets sick of it, but it really, I really believe that. I really, it, it's true for me. It was true. It's true with my mom now, the loss of my mom. And it's, it's been true for all my pets that I've lost since. Cause after Griffin died, I've become a bit of a hoarder a little bit, not, not really, but a little bit.
1: Animal hoarder. That's you. You know, I I really, I just wanted to read a little quote from the book that I really loved, if you don't mind. It says, by honoring your pain, your grief can transform. Your heart can open and you can renew. There is a part of you that will always hold on to your being. And we'll discuss that, Mm -hmm. that amazing life that has only left in physical form. You can learn to work with that new part or against it. Who will you be once you allow yourself to soften? That was so beautifully and uh, ri- written. And I, I, when I say I was touched by this book, I, I think that every human who has had the opportunity to have a soul pet in their lives and has had the opportunity to witness that pet leaving the earth should read this book because wow. it is such a valid work book is what it is. And you, you call in your book, you call these little animals beings. Can you go into that a little bit and how you found that?
0: Well, I do love Eckhart Tolle. And um, there's a whole chat. There's a chapter called beings. It's at the beginning because I just felt like pet isn't always enough. And some people call them, you know, my kids or my fur babies or, you know, so I just, I knew there needed to be a different word, and I, uh, I watched an interview that Eckhart Tolle. I mean, I talk about this in the book, but I watched an interview uh, with Eckhart Tolle talking to a man who had lost his uh, his dog, and oh, this man was heartbreaking. It's just him talking about it, about how painful the loss was, and how he felt like he was keeping it in because it. He felt like he couldn't. He was supposed to be over it by societal, you know, expectations. And, um, and Eckhart Tolle tell uh, to completely understood. He is an animal lover through and through Eckhart And he, he called pets guardians of beings mm-hmm. of being, which means they're guarding that other part of ourselves that isn't about getting to work on time and being in a bad mood that day. The pets keep you in the present moment and they love you unconditionally. And they, they bring something out in you. That's that nobody, no, nothing else can do that. (laughs) That's, that's what I believe. And, um, and I loved that guardians of being of who we actually really are. And, um, so I just thought they can do that. Pets can do that for us. Animals can do that for us because that's what they are. They are just pure being. They are just pure who they are. There's no ego. There's no, you know, there it's, it's, they're pure being. They, so I just decided just to simplify the whole thing to call them beings. So I call them beings throughout the book. <laughs> and I think that's beautiful. Ah.
1: I really, I really love that. I sort of was just mesmerized listening to you speak. So there are many ways throughout your book that are very holistic, that are very spiritual ways that you are guiding your readers through. In their process of grief meditation being one of them and i think that's really interesting and i really feel that all of the principles and all of these guidances that you are giving everybody can be applied to any aspect of our life grief or not and i think once people read it go through it with a pet in mind and then a being in mind and then go through it again I think it will have an even deeper impact on them because of course we're told to meditate. We're not told, but meditating is good for our soul and our heart and our body. Can you explain a little bit, maybe give an example of the exercise that you might suggest for someone to meditate and why that might help them in this
0: process? So just to, be completely clear it, it definitely is there are spiritual aspects i try to stay away from religious aspects right but it's not religious yeah no um and i try to keep it really grounded so that it's so people aren't too freaked out like oh that's just too much for me or whatever um which i completely i completely get i i'm i'm super open-minded to all of it i i love it all but um yeah, so I, I I felt like, and this has happened for many things. When I when I lose a job, when something else happens in my life that hurts, your breath is hindered by that. Your breath is hindered. You feel sometimes like you you. There's this thing called globus hystericus, which is such a weird word, but it literally happens. My 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 husband had it actually when we first moved to away. He's going to kill me for t- saying this, but I'm like, I can't swallow. I can't I can't swallow. I think there's like a, there's something wrong with my throat. And it turned out that it was literally from anxiety. It was from anxiety, and 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 it's very very common where you feel like you cannot swallow these physical things that happen to us, panic attacks, things like that. They happen because you're not dealing with something, and that that's that's the truth. And 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 it might be something big, and it might be something small, and it might be something in between, but you're not dealing with something, and so it's sad it's sad that we deny ourselves of this so anyways i'm i'm going on in this thing about instead of meditation but because of those things you're literally you you can't breathe properly when you're when you're hurting and um and also you just also you can't you can't function properly when you're not thinking clearly and for me who had never known anything about meditation and i was raised in a very academic keep going keep going keep going high stress family um meditation learning about it first it was it was rough but as soon as I started realizing oh no there's so Eckhart okay I'm gonna just rant you just cut me off okay anytime (laughs) no it's Um, good um Eckhart Tolle talks about there's almost two versions two selves inside of us it's the self that's thinking 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 and then there's this other version of ourselves that watches are thinking that can kind of go whoa you're you're spinning out of control now or wow you can't even breathe properly right now there's this other part of yourself and it's you know your soul or your inner self or whatever you want to call god even whatever people want to call it um and so meditation kind of lets you really be present to those to those two versions of yourself and um Let's you separate. And if you can focus on your breathing and learn techniques to let your breath go right down into your gut and, um, expand your heart, your, your area, heart area, even, um, then it really, it really is helpful. And you realize how much, how much your thoughts influence the way you're feeling. And so you can get into a negative thought cycle of, I can't believe I put them down. I shouldn't have put them down, even though you knew you knew at the time it was the right thing, but you can't get over that. You let open the door and they ran outside. All all these awful situations I've heard from people. Um, you 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 are in this cycle that's just not helping you. It's not helping you. It's not helping your animal, it's not helping. And so breathing and just getting, I don't wanna say in control, because it seems too Uh, I don't know, it seems too harsh, but when you, when you can command your breath, when you can command your breath deeper, you actually can just be present and it's so good for you. It's so good for your body. It's so good for your ability to be rational and kind to yourself. And so I do try to include bra- breathing exercises. I have three different meditations that will be we're we're going to put them on YouTube. Um just that I I tried to make them more specific cuz I couldn't find good ones for specific pet loss. And um so I'm going to I'm going to those will be up as soon as the book is out. And um yeah, so yeah, I don't even know. I meditation well- That's, that's it.
1: (laughs) But I think it's so interesting that this is not something you would think about to get over the loss of a being or a pet. And I love that you have found unique and different ways to help us get over that. As I said to you, you gave me permission to let go of the guilt of- having to put down one of our dogs, but I knew it was time, but and then there.
0: what do I have, I get it.
1: But the other dog, I we feel guilty because we we didn't know she was ill, you know, we didn't know. And I was dragging her along. Come on, let's walk. Come on. What's wrong with you know, I felt guilty because I feel like sometimes our worst traits and our best traits come out when we are dealing with a beloved pet. Like my worst trait is impatience. And I got impatient with this dog. And then, you know, of course I felt so guilty afterwards, but I'm going to go through, go back through the book and do the exercises that you lay out for us. Let's talk about a few more of them, because as I said, I think this is really interesting that you have found meditation as a way to help deal with that grief. Music therapy. I thought that was really interesting. And I love your story about your husband and his dog, Milo. Yeah. <laughs> so, talk a little about music therapy. I mean, you can talk about his experience, but what about music therapy?
0: Well, for me, I identify with music. I always have. I went to school for music. I, I, music can make, help me when I'm angry. It just, lets me be angry it lets me be happy whatever the mood is and um these are all all the exercises in the part 2 which is it which is um active uh active remember uh what is it what is part 2 active uh active oh my gosh i'm blanking on my own book i wrote okay again. mine's on the computer i can't really okay, see anyways. it okay but- anyway active remembering it's active remembering and it's so it's it's just being taking um action and um, they're all music therapy. There's art therapy. There's all these different ways. To, they kind of just get you out of the spin that you're in. Is that's more the the point of music therapy and all of the all of the all of the exercises that I put in throughout the book. Um, they're more to get you out of the way you're thinking about it. Or and on top of it, even if you even if you're thinking of it, thinking of the loss of your pet in a very um, healthy way, quote unquote healthy, whatever that means. Um, you know, these are ways to almost pay tribute to them. They're almost ways to, you know, so so for Milo, my husband's dog was named Milo. And when I first met him, his dog had just passed away. And it was one of the things we were working on a Hallmark movie, by the way. (gasps) (laughs) But so he, so he had lost this dog and it was, you know, I had kind of thought he was a jerk before that. And then he, as soon as he started talking about his dog, we, we connected on that. So it was this, it was this thing. And he'd he'd named his dog after a musician named Milo. And, um, um, we're both very into music. And after Griffin died, we, oh my gosh, I'm getting two stories completely. I'm doing two stories. <laughs> <one> <laughs> okay. Um, I, I, I kind of asked two questions no, too. No, so. no, no worries. Well, the Milo, the Milo story is basically that, um, you know, music was so important to us. He named his dog Milo. And then, and then when we got married and we had our first child, our only child, we named him Milo, which yeah. a lot of people, it was such a significant part of, you know, our story, really, honestly, just, you know, it it really was what made me notice that he was like a good, good person, his love for that dog. So, um, so there's that, that's the Milo part. And then the music part is that both of us go to music to, to feel, to feel, to feel period, you know? And um, so, you know, after Griffin died, my, my husband found this song that had lyrics in it that just, uh, just, just were so right. They were so right because Griffin was so amazing. He was just so all knowing and kind and and um, and so that song kind of became our song. And and it was called Jed the Humanoid. And actually, and then we named our, <laughs> our next dog Jed the, Jed the Humanoid. He's he's still with us today. And um and uh, yeah and it's, and so you you listen to that song, you feel like yeah, I'm giving you this tribute. You deserve this little tribute you know you you feel this connection to them and you feel this and in the book as, as i talk about it it's also it you know i talk about how music um influences our dopamine release which is so fascinating i wish i could ri- written the whole book about about how, what it does and how music therapy is just so incredible what it can do for our brains and our chemical makeup and um yeah the dopamine is really good when you're feeling feeling low so it's natural it's a natural happy drug and um even when the song makes you feel sad it's it's a cathartic sad and there's a very big difference and it's okay to be sad. You're supposed to be sad. You, 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 you love the animal, you're reading the book because you love the animal so much. And so you are supposed to be sad. And if you're not, you're doing some sort of spiritual bypass, which just doesn't work. It just, it just festers and becomes something else.
1: Right. So if people don't take the time to grieve, I know that it causes illnesses and it can cause future harm to your body. And I think and people, relationships and again, and, and, and psyche. And yes. And sadly, I don't think that people who have not experienced having a pet do not understand. And there is no way that you can force them to understand. No. So it's okay. I mean, it's okay. And I love how you have given us permission to grieve and you've given us exercises to do, to remember the good things. Oh, one of my favorite things you've said you mm-hmm. you have in there is draw a picture of your being upside down. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so cute and quirky. And what you have done is given us the ability to smile through the pain. I hope so. Yeah. I really and, hope so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, art therapy, music therapy, meditation, all of these wonderful opportunities to explore what's inside of us in order to get through that grief is what you have brought to the forefront so beautifully and it's so well written and so easy to read
0: thank you so
1: much oh you're so welcome such a mm-hmm. gift thank you. Oh, thank you before we close is there anything else from the book that you would like to say or anything that you can think of that perhaps our listeners might uh, enjoy if knowing? Oh,
0: well, I would say, you know, the, I, I, I really wrote the book wanting it to feel like you just have this friend, this book, this book is this friend that you have that is, is just with you, hanging out with you, talking to you, you know, as a good friend would, who wants to know, you know, how you're feeling and, and letting you talk about, Whatever you want, as long as you want. That's why there's tons of spaces for journaling, and and there's picture, there's places for photos, and and there's a part. This is something I want to say. So thank you for asking me this. I want to make sure that people know if they don't like the meditation, good. Stick a photo on that page, and then just be done with that part. You know, you don't have to. You skip the parts you don't want. You know, and and I want it. I want at the end for the book to be like. Hmm, I want I want the book to almost feel like. Hey, me and you being the reader, you the reader and me, Reagan. Um, I want it to be almost like we did this together and we we you have it now. You have it now. You have this little book and we 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 made um the book is so beautifully um put together and it's on we 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 put it on uh um, environmentally friendly paper and it's hardcover and then there's a slip there's a slip that you put it in. And so it's almost like almost like how VHS tapes used to go in. Uh, I don't know what they're really called in the book world, but so 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 you can put your photos and memories and vet papers, whatever you want to do, you stick them in that book and you have you have it. You have you have your little your tribute to them in and you can have that forever. So that's that. That's what I would like to say that I love thank you so much for giving that gift to everybody. Is it out now? Can the book be purchased it comes now? Out December it comes out December. I think we think around the 5th. So it'll be out in, in um around the 5th of December. Right now just on Amazon and um you can go to the Griffin's Heart uh, website to click notify me if you want to know exactly the date and all that. And um yeah, and and we're going to give a portion to charity. Oh, an that's Always. Oh, I love that's, that. That's the, that's the that's the goal. Yeah, that's the goal at the end of the day. So oh, perfect. Yeah. yeah, it's
1: perfect for a Christmas gift, and it doesn't have to be for someone who lost a pet immediately. Like for us, having lost a pet three and a half years ago, I still get value out of this book. I haven't. I've only seen the you know computer version, not the real version, which I need to get. But I don't think it's something that. So I I think when people are hearing this, they might go, oh, well, I lost a pet five years ago. Yes, but they may not have finished grieving that pet. Right,
0: right.
1: And I think this is just such a heart opener for anybody, and it's only going to do your your heart and your soul good to oh. release any grief that you I might still. I want to
0: send you one as soon as- When, when this oh. is done, you got to give me your info so I can send you one for sure. Thank you.
1: Thank you. I, I look forward to it. So I want everybody, please remember, so I think it's December 5th, it's called Griffin's Heart Mourning Your Pet With No Apologies, and the website is griffinsheart.com, is that right? You got it. Reagan, it it has been such a pleasure Mm -hmm. speaking with you, and I'm so delighted that I had the opportunity to read most of the book and scan it and, and see how delightful and lovely and what an impact it's going to make on those who have lost beings.
0: I hope so. Thank you so much for saying that. Oh,
1: of course. Thank you for guiding everyone as their dog has gone over the rainbow bridge. Hmm. Yeah. Thank, you. Thank you. I really appreciate your time.